Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I am delighted to have on the show someone from the podcast world, someone who's a little bit like me, but a lot younger version better looking fitter stronger though he's struggling with a cold so welcome to the podcast jeff hey thanks for having me i must uh, i must come on more often if my ego is going to be boosted like that now <laughs> i don't often get those said about me so that was nice yeah well jeff uh, it's not a mystery jeff is actually the man behind the loose heads podcast and um we'll be using the the podcast as pretty much what we're going to be talking about and I would highly recommend you listen to them because he has a fantastic range of guests on there with some fun, a really good insights into the game and coaching so we're going to pick his brains on that so before we get going you do a little bit of coaching yourself and you I think you were out coaching yesterday hence you might be coughing and spluttering through this podcast yeah so I coached the Balbriggan women's team so we had a game yesterday in um Less than stellar weather, I suppose, kind of a real slugfest of a game. Uh, we came out the wrong side of it, but like it was the first game of the season. We'd seven debuts, um, quite a kind of quite a young team, I suppose. The average age came down a good bit there this season, uh, in regards players. So, um, that was a good day out. Like, just it's a pity that if the weather was a bit better, I think it would have been a better spectacle, but um. <laughs> like both teams were scoreless for a full half if that makes sense like we were scoreless the first half they were scoreless the second it was that kind of weather if you get me so um couldn't get a couldn't get dry clothes or a hot shower fast enough you know um, so it's just kind of lingering today and I suppose a bit stuffy for the next few days but uh it's good to get the season up and running all the same and we both coach uh, women's rugby and uh, we will know that when the weather's that bad given the fact that, uh, and this is an on, on average, but girls rugby kicking is is not one of their strengths, so they don't kick the ball a long way. So you can get stuck in in a half, and it's very difficult for you to escape it unless you do have someone with a howitzer of a boots, and and that's that's not common in the game, is it? Um, well, we actually we've actually two very good kickers, uh, to be honest, but. Um... It was more the weather didn't allow us kick into it. it. It went right up the pitch for both halves. So like we played against it in the first half. So it was just, we kind of, we went 12 nil down, but it was a case of just trying to keep ball um, and just trying to like, you know, when you're in your 22, like we were counting our, and our 10, maybe five, 10 meters out from our line for the last maybe 10 minutes of the first half. And you can't really clear it. Like we kicked it a couple of times, but the wind just pushed it. So, any clearance kicks for just five, six, seven meter lineouts to to the opposition. So it was just a case of, I suppose you know, tough shit. We're just going to have to tuck this up the jumper <laughs> and and uh, get on with it, you know. Um, but unfortunately, just the second half kind of, I suppose the wind didn't help us either. In the second half, with passes just being pushed up and forward and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like it was a, it was a it was a, a lot of young players. So like 
I mean, they'll they've probably well, like there was seven senior debuts there yesterday. I'm not saying they never played in rain and cold before, because I mean, <laughs> let's face it, it's Ireland. But um, those little those little things of playing, like we had a new ten or a new twelve beside a ten, we had a new thirteen outside her, two new wingers. So just kind of learning those combinations. It was really it was it was highly positive. Um, kind of thinking back today, I'm still a bit kind of at a loss as to how we came out the wrong side, but like it is just one of those things, isn't it? Like, um, but no, it was go kicking when the weather allowed, I suppose, but certainly. It's better in the second half when we didn't have to drill into it, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a interesting. That's probably a podcast in itself. How do you play into and with the wind? And uh, when if you win the toss, do you play with it or or against it? We in, actually uh, we actually like to play against it in the first half and just deal with it because, like, we have a joke where our pitches it's like it has its own climate. It doesn't matter how sunny it is; it's always windy down where we are. So we try and go against it in the first half and. Uh, I suppose if we can come in ahead at halftime, it's a massive boost. But even if you're there, thereabouts, like yesterday we were two scores off, we were 12-0 down at the half. It still didn't feel unattainable. It was, because um, like, again, I can't really describe the wind, you had to be there, but it was, um, you know, it, it didn't feel like a huge loss. It wasn't like you were going in 20-0 down with perfect conditions, like, you know, so um, we kind of like to go against the wind in the first half, but maybe... You know, other other teams are different. That's fine, but that's just kind of what we we like to do as a team, and just kind of to deal with that, I suppose, in the first half, and at least have the the reward in the second. Yeah, and I think probably people are thinking into their own experiences and what they would choose. Uh, someone said to me that you're better off playing with the wind in the first half because it might might drop in the second half. But if you if you know your microclimate, then you're probably yeah. it's going to be exactly <laughs> the same it. wind. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's, no, it's never going to change. Okay, we're going to talk about the podcasts. And um, just remind me, how long have you been running the, the podcast show? Um, I started the first one in January or February. I think around February, maybe, of 2020. And um, I was, I actually, it actually happened by accident. A friend of mine was playing with Rugby United New York. And I was actually going to New York in February of that year. And he said, do you want to do a podcast? podcast with Bastero because he had just joined and I kind of said I've never done one before and he said sure look run one or two see how it goes and then another friend of mine just said I was kind of conscious that everybody had a podcast too I didn't want to start one and um, a friend of mine then said well why don't you do it for yourself like because um, I just like chatting rugby and he said do it for yourself and if it grows it grows if it doesn't you're enjoying it it's your pastime and uh that's that's exactly kind of why it started to be honest with you it wasn't because i wanted to find out more or anything like that it's it's more just it kind of it fell that way if it makes sense and um then kind of I, I enjoyed talking about it and i enjoyed talking to these people and um it was more for myself then as well and then it kind of got a bit of traction i suppose and then with i don't want to say a higher profile guest because i think that's wrong because a lot of them um well they're all kind of unique in their own way but um the more i was learning the more i enjoyed it and then kind of it just kind of grew that way i suppose now we're going to concentrate on three particular uh podcasts or names around those podcasts if we've got the time we might st stick on more we might fly around uh but i'm going to ask a general question what sort of themes or theme from all the podcasts have, has resonated with you most 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because like when you look at or when you listen to the the episodes, everybody kind of talks about a different subject. Like, I mean, I spoke about recruitment with Andy Friend in one and I spoke about love and honesty with Pat Lamb or you're talking about, I suppose, resources or lack thereof with Ben Ryan over in Fiji. So they're all quite different. But the biggest theme that all narrowed down to me was and I, and I, I know talent does come into it, don't get me wrong, and I know tactics comes into it as well. But if you're not a people person, if you're not dealing with these people, with these players as people, and I'm not saying be their buddy like, or I'm not saying, you know, be like best friends with them or anything like that. But like, if you don't know that your hooker has, like, if you don't know about their family or if you're not asking about your out halves, you know, how's work going? Or just these little, I suppose, intricacies of their lives if you're not aware of them or if you don't care about them well then they're not going to care about what you're trying to do and even if it is for the greater good I think a player will only buy into what to what you're preaching if they know if they know that you have their I suppose how would you say sorry I've tongue-tied it a little bit here if they if as long as they know you're doing it for their benefit as long as they know that they're going to get better or you're doing this because you believe it's the best thing for them, unless they buy into that, then they're, they're not really going to go for it. Because when you think of rugby, like, yeah, it's a sport and everything like that. And we enjoy watching it. And I think on television, we can kind of treat it as a bit of PlayStation. You know, you watch a game and as soon as you not, as soon as you turn it off, as soon as you turn off the telly in your eyes, that game's finished and it's over. But like these players are still humans that are struggling to walk into the shower or the next morning, they're struggling to get down the stairs and especially at amateur rugby, like these people still have to go to work and do jobs the next day. So I think unless you care about them as people, like they're not being paid for this. Why else would they come? Like their enjoyment comes from playing the game. Yeah, sure. Maybe winning, maybe excelling. But ultimately, their enjoyment comes of coming down on a Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Thursday, whatever it may be. They're not going to keep doing that if they're not happy. And I'm not saying it's on, on the coach, all on the coach to make them happy, but you have to care about them as people. And ultimately, you know, like Andy Friend, he spoke about, he makes time for all his players every week. He makes time to chat to them. Um, Pat Lamb, you know, plenty has been written and, and heard about kind of the culture that he likes to create in a team and, and that environment and everything like that. I don't really like the word culture personally, but certainly the environment he creates in a team. But Ultimately, you have to care about them as people, you know, and especially at amateur rugby, it can get lost in professionalism. Yeah, it's their job and everything like that. But at amateur rugby, nobody's been paid to be there. And especially the lower leagues you go, like if you're at AIL level, let's say in Ireland, like players are playing because they probably want to reach the next level or they want to push on. Um, but certainly, like if you're looking at junior level or if you're looking below that, like you can, you can take a D5 team like they're, they know they're not going to be an international the next week. They're doing it because they enjoy it. They enjoy the people around them. They enjoy the environment. And again, if the coach doesn't care about that, like if the coach just shows up at 25 past seven and puts cones on the pitch for half, it's not really driving an environment where people want to be, if that makes sense. I probably rambled on a bit there. No, I'm sorry. but um, No, no. I, I think you, what you were expressing there is probably what a lot of coaches who are sitting in and thinking about their own experiences of being in teams and being part of groups where you you go away from every situation, uh, probably either related because things have gone well 
or slightly worried because you might have said something to somebody or done something where you feel you might have let them down or you might not be chosen next week or you might not be in the same friendship group. I think it takes a pretty hard, hard soul not to have uh, have feelings like that, even if you're at the top. And perhaps uh, some of the, the leaders who have made it and don't seem to be caring have um, are actually so scared of giving, showing any vulnerability. Um, perhaps uh, vulnerability would be one of the themes that we, we talk about. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're dead right there, especially with the vulnerability. Sorry to put across, but that's right. At, um, like, I think it's okay for someone to say, I don't know, as long as when they say, I don't know, they follow up with, but I'll find out or mm. I'll do my best to find out. Like that kind of idea, I think, of coaches having all the answers, especially at grassroots level. Um, you might be a very, very, very good coach at grassroots level, but like if you're in a room where you know everything, you're in the wrong room. So mm. I, I think that like it, it should be totally okay to say, I don't know. And also if someone says, like a player says, well, like let's say we're running a five-person line-out, if you say, okay, should this not be full because it takes away from their defense or whatever, or you know, we don't need these, it clutters up the attack, just to take their point of view as well and say, Do you know what, you're actually right there, I was wrong. And it's okay to be that, I suppose, to say I was wrong, I didn't look at it that way or I didn't see that bigger picture. I think that's okay too, really, isn't it? Yeah, I like that um, that example there. Of the should we use a five or a seven-player uh, line-out and you're, you're thinking one and they're thinking the other. And to now I think my conversation would go, and this is, this is from bitter experience as well as uh, um, getting it right and getting it wrong, is that you're saying, okay, well, well, we'll understand that both are valid. Let's let's see if it works for us. How can we test this out? And I don't mind if yours works and mine doesn't, but let's test it out and see and just be prepared at the end of it to take the best of it and not to then take ownership of the decision in the sense that it's my decision. Um, therefore, we got it right. Therefore, I, I, I take the plaudits is say, yeah, hand up. You, you, you got it right this time. Because you're working together, you're walking on the same road. Uh, there's there's analogies and metaphors for walking on the same road and steering and things like that. But it, it is it is a journey together, and it importantly, is a journey. So let's let's um, pick pick apart the first thing. Um, and I think we're talking about the Andy Friend uh, podcast in particular here. So Andy Friend is a well travelled coach, uh, coached in the Aus- Australia, Japan, and now over with Connaught. Is that right? Connacht, yeah. Yeah. Connacht, yeah. Uh, so um, we hear a lot about the why when experienced coaches discuss how they approach coaching. And that's something he talked about. Well, what does that mean to you? And how would you implement it in your coaching? So one of the things I'm, I'm very keen to do is that you're on the end of all these coaches telling you wonderful things. How are you using it yourself to put it into your coaching context? I think um, I don't use everything, if that makes sense. Like um, I like to collect nuggets and when they're applicable to a situation, yeah, you know, you can pull it out and you can be like, you know, boom. But I think if you listen to one coach and everything they say, I think, how do I phrase this? It works well for them because of the environment they're in. But like every coach has a different environment. And every team is different because the individuals that play with them. And I think that like if anyone listening and is probably struggling to 
to understand what I'm saying. Like if you look at you, everybody has players on their team where you wouldn't dare send them the same message. Like the, we have players that you can send a message saying, listen, um, well done today. Even if they were terrible, you can say, well done today. That tackle you made there was brilliant. Like keep at it because you know, that's what they need. Whereas another player, you could be like, can you talk me through what you saw here? Listen, that decision-making was poor, blah, blah, blah. And you know, they don't take it personally because like they know where it's coming from, let's say. Mm. But in, in regards to the why, I think it's it's um, especially applicable to me in terms of language because, like as you, as you said there, you coach women's team as well, and you were saying that you have um, a first night down to to show kind of how the game is played and everything like that for new players, and th- I think the key there is it's new players. So when you use language, like let's say growing up language, I would have heard playing the game stuff like tackler straighten their feet. When it's a new player, a new player is probably thinking, "Geez, I just made this tackle. Why am I getting up?" So it's not, it's not about what you're saying. It's, okay, why are you getting on your feet? What can you do now? What's the issue here? And then you say, okay, if you're on your feet, is this a rook? Can you attack that? This is why I want you to get up because these opportunities are here. But if you're on the ground, they're not. So suddenly they see something like that and they're like, okay, I'll, I'll get off the ground next time because of what, it present, what presents itself rather. And it's even like in terms of defense, if you're saying get off the line to a new player, get off the line they're like why like they're going to come to me eventually whereas when you explain the why as in when you get off the line you take away their space therefore their time therefore their decision making th- th- then that why becomes more obvious so i i think the it's it's funny like i never really questioned the why before because i used to coach teams that were playing since they were young and it was male teams you know and they and they were growing up for 15 odd years playing the game and they were well-versed in the whys and they, they knew the reasons behind things. Um, sometimes they knew it all, you know, but um, <laughs> when, it, when, it came, when it came to actually coaching a women's team, the, one of the women's team, the first thing I found was, while a, a number of them did know the why and understood the game, some of them were brand new players. So suddenly you're kind of going, or they might've only been playing for two, three years maybe and weren't actually coached in, in any real depth or might've only been um, exposed to, some ways, not the others, if that makes sense. And I, I'm, I'm probably not making a great example here, but I think the why, if you're doing something at training and you're not showing the why, it almost comes through like um, those days we have in works where you do continuous professional development. And it's, it's almost like a box ticking exercise to say, well, I sat here, I can give this sheet of paper to my boss to say I've done this course, even though eight hours later, I've actually learned nothing. I've just tick the box so it's, I think it's important that sessions don't become like that and regardless of like there's some little things that are almost um implied you know like when you do little handling drills it's obviously for your handling and to to gain confidence and everything like that or stuff like that and a one-on-one tackle tech drill you know obviously it's to learn the tackle and stuff but when you're running maybe a screen pass it's important not to say well like, we're not just running the screen pass because it's another option in our attack we're running the screen pass because if the opposition's line speed is quite quick, it gives us a second layer of attack to avoid that or to, to ship the ball on. And it's important just to highlight those whys because, I mean, it's like anything in life, really. If you're Whatever you're doing, unless there's a why behind it, you're not really going to care all that much. And be that in work, be that in your hobbies, be that training, be it personal training, like if you're going for runs or anything like that as well, unless you kind of have a why behind it, like why you're doing something, you're not going to bother really, are you? 
like uh, the long and short of it. And especially if on some shitty rainy Tuesday night in the middle of December, January, sorry, I didn't mean to curse, um, in the middle of January or something like that, and you're getting up off the couch at half six to go train at half seven when it's dark since half four and it's been raining since last Friday. Like you, you want to know the why behind it. And like that, it comes back to, does my coach care about me and will he care or will she care if I don't show up training? And do I know why I'm going to get up training? And do I know why I'm doing all these different things in the rain on a dark Tuesday in the middle of December when I could be at home watching the Late Late Show or something like that, you know, um, or whatever show is on a Tuesday. Sorry, I'm not too sure. But um, I, th- I think the why is massive. You're listening to a Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. This is part of the rugbycoachweekly.net website. If you click on the rugbycoachweekly.net link, you will find out more about this podcast, but also find access to over 3,000 pieces of content covering drills, activities, games, coaching advice, and lots more to help you and your team with your rugby and your rugby coaching. So why not pop over to rugbycoachweekly.net to find out more and access all this amazing content. In the meantime, back to the podcast. Well, okay, let's so let's just let's just jump into the why then in a, in, a, in a sort of different from a different angle. So, if we know that why is important, it strikes me that we need to be able to sell the why in a way which is very powerful. Because otherwise, even if they know the why, they might then say, so what? Uh, this is going to close down the space. This is going to uh, prevent their decision making. And they might say, well, I can see that, but I'm still not that bothered by it. So we have to create some, some sort of motivation, some energy for that why. You, you mentioned a good one there. there. There's two ways to sell the why, I think. First off, you know, you have a game on Sunday like we did yesterday. You say, um, okay, what did they do well in the game that we didn't react to and how can we change that? And the drills we're going to do is clearly the why. Or sometimes you can do a drill and you can say, okay, I want us to do X, Y, Z. And the players run out and we we run X, Y, Z a few times. And then we stop and we say, why are we doing this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And you say, okay, what if I put a defender here? And let's say it's it's a screen pass, for example, that we the aforementioned screen pass. And let's say we put a defender in. And we say, right, I want this defender to blitz up and that defender blitzes up, but we run the screen pass then. Do we see now why we're doing it? And they go, oh yeah, okay, I get it now, blah, blah, blah. But what you said there is when they see the why and they still don't care, I think it's a deeper problem, isn't it? Like like that with the screen pass and the blitz defense, if you say we run the screen pass because they have a blitz defense and if the player says, yeah, listen, I still don't really care. I don't don't think it's a a playing issue then. I think it's an environment issue. Mm. or it's maybe a personal issue that player might be having at the moment, or it could be a personal issue that that player has had for quite a while, depending on, I don't know, their surroundings or maybe their personal life or something like that. It could be a deeper issue, which comes back to like, why is that player not caring? And do you know why that player is not caring? Because like, let's face it, that player could be finished a 12 hour shift. But if you don't know that and you're, they're saying, why aren't you pulling the screen pass? They're like, oh, geez, I'm not getting paid for this shit. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> like, I'm going home, you know, or I don't care. 
So I think it, it, I think it all does feed into itself. But certainly if a player doesn't care about the why behind the tactic, I don't think it's the tactic that's in question. I think you need to look somewhat deeper into, well, what's going on here? Like, well, how can we make them care? Okay, well, I'll offer an alternative thought then, is that uh, there is a layer of detail which some players are not that interested in. They're, they're keen to come along, they're keen to play with their teammates, they're keen to be part of a group. And if they win on a Saturday, well, Saturday, Sunday, that's uh, that's lovely. Uh, but it is not, it's not the be-all and end-all. And there'll be other players who are absolute students of the game. They'll be watching games uh, week in, week out. And you're going to put some layers of detail in there, which are going to be important, like safety of tackle, improve your passing a bit. But some of them are not going to be fascinated by the intricacies of the game. So again, that strikes me that uh, we need to know the player when we're giving that message. So to player A, we might give them a different why to player B. Yeah, um, I think actually that reminds me kind of of my day job, to be honest with you. Um sometimes it comes down to ability and like you said, some players want to just show up and just have the crack and that's totally fine. And they might be alongside someone who's looking to push on. There's a context there that I think the player who wants to push on and stuff needs to recognize, be it through conversation with coaches or be it through reflection that if that player gives out, let's say you've player A who's looking to push on and player B who just wants to be down for the crack. If player A keeps getting on to player B, like player B is not going to change in that situation. But I think if player A realizes, okay, I need to handle this differently. Like that's kind of, I think, where your leadership teams and your captaincy and even a conversation, a quick word from the coach is to be like, listen, I know you're aggravated and I know it's annoying, but you need to realize it's, it's a different situation, you know. But it also reminds me of kind of my own day job. Like I teach and if you have 30 people in a room and you're trying to teach them one thing, like if one wants to be an astronaut, if one wants to be a mechanic, if one wants to be an engineer, one wants to be a linguist and one an artist, and you're trying to teach them, I don't know, German or I don't know, French or maths or whatever, like the artist doesn't need maths. The, I don't know, the, the, the engineer doesn't really need to know how to do art or anything like that. You know, or I'm, I'm probably picking the wrong subjects, but you have to appeal in some way. So what we tend to do is we, or what I tend to do is like, I might have a staggered effect. So I might say, okay, today's lesson is going to be based off, um, is based off the number 10. If some of you can put five plus five equals 10, that's brilliant. If some of you can break that down further and say two plus two plus two plus two plus two equals 10, better again. And if some of you can put down two plus one plus two plus one equals 10, like it, if, if some of you can only form it in its most basic manner, perfect, that's fine. We're looking for that basic manner. And that can be like, that can be your tackle tech. Okay. That can be, you make the tackle done. That's five plus five. Then if you say, okay, we're going to make the tackle and get straight in our feet, that's going to be our five multiplied by two. So our slightly more complex one. And then if you say, okay, this is the most complex one. It might be 20 divided by two, whatever equation it might be, but that's going to be us making the tackle up us on our feet, seeing if, is it on? Like, is that rook on or is the, is the poach on? Or can we go through that, that rook? Is it a one player rook or whatever? You know, and, and seeing all the different scenarios come on board, that's going to be our more complex equation. So, I mean, you'll have kids in the classroom who can see five plus five is 10, but they can see 20 divided by two is also 10. So 
I suppose it's the same on a pitch. Can you make that tackle? Yeah, that's fine. Can you make that tackle and get up and do all these different searching things around you and, 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 and take in all these pictures and take in all these scenarios? That's kind of the next step of it. If you can't, fine. Like we can work on that, if that makes sense. But like, if you say, can you get up and see all these pictures and all these scenarios and they say no, and then you lose your rag and you're like, what do you mean no? Like, why can't you do it? I mean, you wouldn't do that in a classroom to a child. So like, why would you do that to an adult and, or, or, or a player of any age, let's say? Like, if, if like people see different things and they develop at different times, and I mean, just because a player can tackle and get up, scan the rock, seize it on, all these different things, but a player can make the tackle, I mean, that, that how would you say, that base skill has still been accomplished. It's just you got to work on more and you got to see it differently. And, you know, it's, 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 it's important to recognize that, I think, between the players. And just to come back to your question, you know, you have one who wants to push on and excel and you have another one who just wants to play socially. Like that social player will probably make the tackle, lie on the ground, pat the back. Yeah, it's a good hit. Ha-ha, you know, nice one. Whereas that player who makes that big hit is probably straight back up on their feet. They're looking, they're scanning, they're whatever, looking at the rock, they're looking at next job, whatever. The social player can get to that level. There's no real talent involved in getting back up to your feet and, you know, getting back in a line. That's fine. But it's just about, I suppose, implementing that bit by bit. You can't, you can't just say, like, it's like implementing a framework in attack or defense. You can't just say, this is our incredibly detailed framework and we're going to click straight away and run it straight away. And, you know, we're not going to have any issues ever. I think you're, you're just, you're codding yourself in that situation. You, you gotta, you gotta be patient with it. And also like, I mean, you'll have players that you can tell them a hundred times. You can literally tell them a hundred times what we're doing or what, or the why or the situation or the tech or whatever. And they still won't grasp it. It's par for the course. You, it's what you signed up for, you know, and you signed up to teach players and to facilitate players, I suppose is the better word. You didn't sign up to have excellent players straight away. Like if, if you're losing the rag because they don't understand regardless of how many times you explained it. Well, if you're explaining it in the same way every time, like they're not going to either. So it's, um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, there's a context, but certainly like if your, if your player is getting annoyed at the next player because they're there for a different reason, we're all there for our own reasons. And you just gotta, you gotta understand that really. Like, and we all learn at a different pace. You gotta understand that too. Yeah. The, Part of the coach's role is to know when to step in and step out with a group, but also individually and how to push each individual. And uh, I think some of our uh, listeners have been struggling with the maths already. And thinking, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, I kind I'm, of I'm at, the, I'm at the five plus five, <laughs> and he said 20 divided by two. And uh, thinking, and someone told me recently, then uh, we're not even doing long division these days. So, yeah, no, sorry, I went in there, I went on a bit of a tangent. I just kind of meant like <laughs> there's different complexities to a basic skill, yeah. you know, the, the more it goes up. And as long as you have a player that's that's nailing that basic skill, like you can always push on, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be straight away into long division, like simple addition will do yeah. first, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, we like that. We like simple addition. Okay, moving slightly to a, a, a different podcast and um, ben Ryan. So um, most people are familiar who are in coaching with Ben Ryan's story about Fiji rugby. And anyone's read the book will know that it's both a very inspirational story, but also full of sadness on, lo- on lots of different levels. Um, we, we don't get to coach the talent that 
Ben coaches all the time, especially uh, talent where rugby is embedded in their souls. I think it'd be fair to say that um, if we understood what a soul was. But I think we understand uh, that Fiji and rugby are very closely aligned uh, in their lives. How can we use Ben's lessons from the things that he's done uh, with Fiji in our own rugby? There's, a, there's actually a story in Ben Ryan's book, and I asked him about it when I got the chance to talk to him as well. And he talked about when he first landed in Fiji and he was running a speed session with them and the players just were slow. And he had them running, I think, from one tree to another and timing them and he couldn't believe how, how slow they were. And he asked, um, did he ask or did someone say it to him? I can't really remember, but he had kind of like a kit man with him, like a, a bag man with him who was a, a Fijian guy. And he said, get them to race each other. And like that, they said, okay, we're going to do the same thing, but just this time, don't be caught. And he said the difference was staggering. And then the bagman said, give them a ball. And then when he gave him a ball, he said it was like lightning. And there's a quote in the book that I found, like, just so I thought it was brilliant. He said, um, he said, I was up a creek trying to use a laptop as a paddle or something like that. And I think he was referring to, like, I come from a place where we have all these resources you know, you, anything you want, you can kind of have from the, R, from the RFU he was working with at the time. And then he went to Fiji where you didn't have these resources. You didn't have all these, you know, gadgets for speed and they weren't really measuring your, your high jump or anything like that or your, your um, what is it? Sorry, I, 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 like leaping in the air to measure your, your, your height and all that and the jump or anything. It was just basic skill. And what I really loved about that was, it's kind of the same with those, with any coach really at amateur level. Like you might have some resources, like you might have a camera to, to, to film the game. But after that, you're kind of like, well, that's the end of that. Like, you know, I filmed it. I now have to go watch it. You have to learn how to clip it yourself. You need to, you know, you need, you need to learn how to send it out. You don't have GPS things for training and you don't have all these measurements and everything like it. Like at, at, at amateur rugby, like if you have, you know, it's some kind of different sort of rucking shield. You're almost seeing this. Like, wow, that's class. Like unreal. Like this, <laughs> look at their rucking pads. They have ones that a ball fits in. That's amazing. You know, but like at, at, at professional level, it's kind of taken as a given. So that's what I really liked about it was the fact that it almost felt like, um, now I know it was sevens and not union, like don't get me wrong, but I mean, at amateur level, that's what we deal with day in day out. Like we go down to training every night and, a rocking shield is probably the most advanced piece of tech we have. When you think about it, you've cones, you've a ball, a rocking shield or a sausage pad. Um, I know some, you, like some teams have maybe more than others. Don't get me wrong. Like, but essentially at grassroots rugby, like that's what you're dealing with every Sunday and you see it all around the country. Like, but it's a, uh, what I liked was how he adapted to it and um, how he kind of just went back to basics and it kind of, made me think as well like like we we do it now as a club as well you know we film our games absolutely like as, as often as we can but it's after that what we do with it i think it's important like we don't just film it to say right we filmed it like we'll try and clip certain areas and we'll send it out like we'll send the game out to the players obviously and we'll say watch it in your own time whatever if they do they do if they don't they don't and if they say they do and they haven't well there's not really much you can do about that but um you know we, we might send out different just little clips and we might send it to the player in question and you might say, what were you, what did you see here? You know, why did you make this? Not why did you make the decision, but what did you see here? 
and they said, well, we saw the winger push up, so we decided to kick through. You're like, okay, perfect. And might have been the, the execution was wrong or something, but they're, you know, they're, they're thinking behind the decision was, was spot on the money. So, like, you're not going to question that, really. And then you say, well, that was an execution error. We can work on that. You know, that's no big deal. But it, it's nice to be able to clip them and be like, sometimes, sometimes referee errors come up and it might be the captains just leave it. Like, we had one last season. I don't know if she's listening now, but if she is, I'm sorry. But um, we had one last season where it was a high shot on one of our players and our player knocked on the ball. The ref blew the whistle, yellow carded the tackler and then restarted with a scrum to them. And it was only after the game I got a chance to say it to her. And I was like, so the yellow card there for a high shot? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, then why was it there, scrum? And she was like, oh, I didn't even cop it. You know, little things like that, that you get, you get to go back on the video and, and kind of show like this, this has to change, you know, but that's probably the, the that well, that is the, the height of the advancement we have. So what we try and do sometimes at training as well is like, just give someone the phone and we'll run a drill and we like, just video that for us and we can video the drill. If it's run well, brilliant. We now have a resource straight away that we can send into the WhatsApp group and it's something so simple, but suddenly now you've players who might be visual learners, they, who might've missed training because that's important as well. Like you're not going to send in a breakdown of a drill in words for someone to read, but anyone who missed training, you can send it in and be like, we did this Monday. We're going to touch it on again Thursday. That's how it was run. So suddenly Thursday is just that bit smoother, you know? Um, now, is that every time? No, let's be honest, because sometimes you might be the only coach at training. Sometimes it might be lash and rain and you're not going to have someone stand there on a phone. Like, you know, there is context there, but it's it, it, the, his story kind of over in Fiji got me thinking like, okay, we're, in amateur rugby in Ireland, like, and probably England's the same, like, especially the lower you go league-wise, like, we all have the basics. We have balls, cones, rock and shields, that's about it. But, like, what, what are we doing with them? Or how are we, how are we changing things around in order to, or, or, or what are we putting in place, I suppose, to make things more accessible to players who miss training? Like, you know, so that's what I really liked about it. Um, no, it's a great story, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the book immensely. I've read it a couple of times and between the personal story and the story of the players and everything, like you could really see the connection he had with the players and everything and how genuinely sad I think he was to have to let some go because of maybe not following team rules or whatever it might be like. But what I, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Just how he had to just go back to right. I'm back to basics here. I'm back to under eight resources. When you think about it, like, you know, just balls, cones and off we go kind of a thing. So, I think there's a lot to be learned from it that way. We can all want the best bells and whistles and we can look at the opposition with their unbelievable rock shields that have the balls in them or whatever it might be. But ultimately, like, that's not what makes winners, you know. It's, it's, it's focusing on yourself, I think. It's interesting you're talking about the innovation there and um, sort of a director of rugby contemporary, Ben, and going to sevens tournaments when he was with St Edward's Oxford. And his, his warm-ups were something you'd watch and see, wow, he's doing this, he's doing that, and uh, why is he doing this? And he had the ladders uh, before everyone else really had ladders. And so you can see that innovation was very much part of his coaching. But it, it came across to me, and it comes across to me now from what you're saying, is that innovation is, is no good unless it matters and matters to players. So you can, we talked about the why earlier on. If you're using these weird and wonderful things, the players have got to understand why and why it matters to them because otherwise, and I've done it plenty of times myself, I've thrown things in things, this is wonderful, you'll love this. And they go, 
so what? And uh, this is, seems to be a theme. Not every player says to me, so what? Uh, I might might just add. So with 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 Ben Ryan then, um, and pro- we'll move on to the Pat Lamb thing because I know we've uh, we've covered quite a lot already. Um, obviously, he got close and connected to the players. Pat Lamb talks about love and honesty. Um, what what does that mean from a rugby coach's point of view? Because Honesty in particular can be quite a scary thing if you are honest to somebody uh, in, a, in, a, in a context where their, their job's on the line. Yeah, I, I can speak about professionalism because I suppose it's not the, the environment I deal with, but I can see how it feeds across though. Um, so like if you're being honest with a player in a professional point of view, like players want to play, so if a player isn't chosen, they can't show off their talent. They can't get a body of work together for next contract time. They can't, I suppose, while, while they might still be getting paid, don't get me wrong, and everything like that, it's the next contract you're worried about, really. Um, so I suppose honesty there, sometimes players might not like it, but you know that honesty is needed in terms of improvement. Now, the delivery is a different conversation, I suppose. You know, like How are you delivering that message? Are you ridiculing a player for a mistake in front of everyone or are you, are you having a chat with them about where they need to improve? Are you taking the time to do it privately? Or are you, you know, is it just a kind of a throwaway comment at training, you know, that, oh, X, you need to look at this, blah, 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 and then just move on. So I, the delivery is probably a different conversation, but certainly in terms of love and honesty at amateur level, you have to... I'm not saying you have to love your players. That's like sometimes they can be very difficult to love, um, <laughs> especially if um, you're on the, the end joke or you're on the receiving end of a joke or something like that. You know, uh, like we were just away on we were away on tour there in Portugal, and uh, sadly, like uh, there was an incident with a pair of swimming shorts, and like that, like I got absolute stick for it. But um, you know, you don't really feel like loving the players right then. But um, in general, I think you have to have that 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 you have to have a relationship with them because when it comes to the honesty side of them, you know, before, or sorry, at the start, you, you know, you, you go up to your player and you say, you know, how's work? How's, how's life? How's your daughter keeping? How's your son keeping? How's, you know, how's everything at home? And I know you're struggling with this. Is that okay? And it's important to have that relationship because while you're not being, you're not, you're not their best friend, but you have that relationship. So when it comes time to have an honest conversation, which is sometimes a tough conversation and, um, you know, it, depending on the subjects matter, it mightn't even be like why you're not starting. It might be, well, your fitness is way off because your diet is poor. And that can be a really tough conversation to have as well, you know, and especially um, depending who's talking to whom, you know, it can, it can be very difficult. So once you have that relationship, that honest conversation, which is often a tough conversation, can come by easily because you can say, listen, you know, I care about you. I'm only saying this because I care and I'm only saying this because it needs to change or it needs to get better or whatever. And you're not going to like it, but it comes from a good place. And because you have that relationship, it's not some person that you see three times a week or who shouts at you for four hours a week to, to get off the line or to make the tackle. It's you see someone who like, like, you know, the names of their children and you know, if they're in school or starting college or, you know that their mom might be sick or, you know, they weren't at training last week because they had to help a family member whose 
you know, who, who's maybe incapable of helping themselves for some reason or other. And they, they know that. And they, they know that you're coming at them from that perspective, not uh, we need to win Sunday, so you need to do this. It's you want to improve and I want to see you improve. And this is coming from, a, this is coming from someone who cares about you kind of a thing. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that as well, like caring for your players and having a relationship with your players. It's not being friends with your players. Like by all means, you can go for a few points after a game or you can have a point or two and, you know, chew, chew the fat and everything like that. But it's not texting them like, you know, you're not texting them like, you know, oh, did you see what happened there the last night mm-hmm. at training or whatever? Like you're not friends with them, but you do care about them. And once they see that they care about you, those honest conversations, which are like, I don't think players recognize how like shit they are for coaches as well. Like telling a player they're dropped, a player hears they're dropped and they're like, oh, what an, what an asshole. But they don't realize that you feel the exact same way and you don't like delivering bad news, you know? So once, once they realize like when you, when you come to them with an honest conversation that it's from a good place, and it's coming from someone they see and they talk to and they recognize as a good person or someone who cares about them. It's, I think it changes that. Um, it changes that cold face quite a bit from what could be a, quite a hostile conversation, you know, to um, I understand if that makes sense. I think sometimes we have to understand also that if we are giving some bad news, that we should expect um, a hostile response. A hundred percent. And I think as well, like when, when you tell a player they're not playing at the weekend, like oftentimes they don't actually hear anything you say after that. Mm. It, you know, it almost becomes too, like if you sit them down and say you're not playing at the weekend because you, I don't know, your tackling's poor and you can't do this and you can't do that, whatever it may be, or you need to improve here. They're not really listening to you. Um, and as well on the flip side, if a player comes to you and says, why aren't I starting the weekend? And you can't give them an honest Clar- clar- like uh, honest clarification and proper reflection on why they're not well then like the next time they're dropped they won't bother you know or if the next time you say okay you need to improve this they'll be like well you didn't say that last time like so you know you, I think you need to have your ducks in a row and if, if, you, if you can't if, if you can't be honest with them and give them a proper conversation a proper reason behind why well, then why are you doing it in the first place, if that makes sense? Especially if you're swapping one player for another. But there's no, how do I say? Like if I said, Dan, you're starting, but Jeff, you're not. And you say, why? And you go, oh, Dan's throwing's better. And you say, well, we threw the same two weeks ago. You're, you're you know, or we threw the same, like all week at training. You're kind of like, well, uh, okay, Dan's scrummage is better. You're like, well, that's not what you said the first time. Like, you know, you, you need to have your ducks in a row, I think, for those as well. I quite like the idea that um, you have to say, in my opinion, and someone else might say it's differently, but in my opinion for this game, this is, this is how we're going to go. We're going to go with this group. I also like um, reflecting on what you're saying is that perhaps you need to be honest with yourself. Do I, have a, do I have a clear answer? Do I have a clear reason? Because sometimes you will, inev- not inevitably, but there is a danger that a player will not fit into the sort of mould that you you think a player should be, and therefore you become biased against them, and you may not select them, even though the stats and everything says that you should. And sometimes you need to say, look, 
I've got to take a step back from this and almost disagree with one half of me and go with the other half. And therefore I can have that sensible conversation because otherwise you're going to get stuck in those situations where you're going to be saying, telling a half truth about why then, why they're not playing. And yeah, it is, it's never a pleasant one. In fact, I know that some coaches will give their assistant coaches the job of telling people the good news and they will go and give the bad news themselves. But I, I, I think that's not that's not healthy for you because you need to have those moments when you give a new player some really great news and say, uh, right, you're starting on the bench on on the weekend from two good performances in the second second fifteen and just enjoying that moment of them their elation. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I mean sometimes we're faced with that decision with two very good players and you don't know which one to start either. You know, and it, it's just the way you phrased it there a second ago. You said, you know, some players have their faults or the pros and cons. But sometimes, like, you can have two players vying for one position and it's both the pro. And yeah. you're kind of like, you know, all my days, like, there's not much actually separating between these two. I just have to make a call because you can't have 16 on the pitch, you know. So it can be interesting that way, too. But I think that's where the honesty comes back when you say, listen, uh, all season, two people, like you might have two hookers or you might have um, two nines, let's say, for example. And all season, they're chomping at the bit and there's only really, you know, one position specific for them, like, you know, and you, you, you kind of have to have a conversation with them at some point and be like, listen, this is this is what's happening. You're both on level par. I'm going to watch both of you training. I'm going to watch. You're going to get a half. You're going to get a half. Um. And based off that, like whoever does better is going to start and that's it. And, you know, as long as you, you can have your ducks in a row after that, like if you can say, let's say if if at training you said, okay, you've both been neck and neck at training, you're both getting 40 minutes each the weekend, they both get 40 minutes, they're both still neck and neck. You say, okay, you started this time, so you're going to start next time. And again, after next week, it's up to you to kind of show me who wants to start. And I think it's good to put it back on the players because, like, I mean, if you say, okay, A is going to start because... I don't know, she might, her, her scrum D might be that little bit better. But ultimately, like, I mean, how much of a difference will that make in a game that, you know, like scrums defense, and, or I'm probably getting hooked now on the one, on the, on the one area, sorry. <laughs> but what I, what I mean is like, you know, put it back on the players because that drives internal competition. That's between them then to show, well, I'm better than her, or I'm better than him or whatever it might be. And ultimately, everyone wins because the two nines are pushing themselves on. It takes the decision out of your hands. And that sounds so selfish, don't get me wrong, but it does like, you know, because you're waiting to see who pushes on. And once they both push on or they push one pushes on, your decision's made. But ultimately as well, the other one still knows there's a chance. The rest of the team then sees that internal competition and says, well, you know what? Like there's going to be an internal competition here for my spot soon too if I don't book up. So I, th- I think putting it back on players is, is great too because even in our own team at the moment, like we've a lot of really good quality front rows and it's a case of, well, you know, they're there if you want them, but it's whoever wants them most is going to get them kind of a thing. Mm. And don't get me wrong, you'll give direction and you'll give instruction and you'll facilitate and you guide and you praise and you give the work-ons, but ultimately it's who pushes on here more is going to get it, you know? 
Well, it's a nice thing that uh, you've got all those front rows. I think uh, well, to keep, keep, keep quiet, otherwise yeah. someone will be, uh, they'll be knocking have, at the door for you. We have right? the front rows we could do with other positions, but mm. uh, we have the front rows anyway, yeah. Well, Jeff, that's been, we've we've gone through um, a, a lot of content there, and I know that there's an enormous number of other podcasts available. So can you just give us um, a place for us to visit to find out more about the podcasts and um, see listen to all the other people you've had on and maybe just give us a flavor of a couple of the others that uh, might be worth a mention yeah sure so um you can find it over on um well it's on patreon at the moment and um as well as that even if you just go on to any of the social media links like my twitter or my instagram there'll be a link there for the patreon and um i, I suppose like there, there's loads there to be honest with you um without kind of sounding too too braggy but i suppose there's something there for everyone you know um there's coaching podcasts, there's ones with players, there's um, a couple with referees as well, just to kind of get their outlook on things and to see, you know, the, the referees way of thinking it and looking at things because as coaches, I think we can often um, get ourselves into trouble because, you know, we're always right and uh, everything our team does is right, everything the opposition does is wrong, you know, so um, there's a couple of those there as well. There's webinars with pro players, um, and ex-pro players talking about, let's say, the line-out or the scrum um, or attack play, like Munster's attack coach, Mike Prendergast, there's webinars there with him. Um, Ian Costello, he was the D coach in Wasps and he's the academy coach now in Munster. There's a defensive webinar with him. Uh, Jean Klein, there's a, a line-out webinar with him um, or a second row, sorry, webinar with him. Um, you know, there, there's there's loads, you know, there's, there's absolutely loads. So you can find them anyway over on... Um, on Patreon or just through the social media um, links that I put up then as well. Okay. Well, I will put those links up on in the blurb, but if they want to contact you or go to your uh, Twitter, what's the. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's, I should have said it's that. On, it's on Patreon, but uh, in a yeah. mystery place. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the handle then for social media is just at the loose H um, because the loose head was taken by someone who's never, ever tweeted from it. So uh, just the loose H and um, the links there then. And uh, they're, they're put up um, often enough so you can't miss it then. Okay, great. Well, Jeff, thanks very much for uh, your time. I know that uh, you've done very well with not to splutter uh, at all throughout. Well, but, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't cough, but I'd say I, um, I rambled on a bit. So <laughs> I suppose you give it one hand and take with the other, you know? <laughs> right, okay. Well, that's, uh, it's been very enjoyable. And the, the, I think the main thing for me things i'm getting out of it is the applicability to to our own situations um it's it's very it's great to listen to these fantastic coaches uh, but they are all human and really most of their solutions are are solutions which are applicable to to what we do um yes there's going to be some technical stuff around and tactical stuff uh which is beyond us but it is the human aspect. It is giving good messages. It is helping these players become better at what they do and at the pace that they want to do it, which is which is hard enough for us to understand. So really enjoyed that. That's great. Thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks a million for having me on. And uh, it's always nice to be on the other side, you know, and uh, <laughs> a chance to verbal to, to verbalise my own thoughts now and again. <laughs> Well, no, it's been good. And uh, thank you for that. So you've been listening to a Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. If you want to find out more about this podcast or other podcasts and to read the blurb and see the links, go over to 
rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button and you'll find more about this and as i said all the other podcasts so thank you very much to jeff again thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch up with you very soon thanks for listening to rugby coach weekly podcast if you want to hear more podcasts head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.